Hello, dear friends. Here we are at Cardiac Radio, nourishing our souls with one more Lifting Hope. The program Lifting Hope is all about the book Memoirs of a Suicide. It is the opportunity for us to revisit many aspects of our lives. The book Memoirs of a Suicide was mediumistically written, not psychographed, but mediumistically written by Yvonne Pereira, a Brazilian medium who was born in 1900s. She spent almost 30 years in the compilation of this book and the process of publishing by the Brazilian Spiritist Federation. And the spirit author is Camilo Castelo Branco. The, the pseudonym in the book is Camilo Botelho. But Camilo Castelo Branco was a renowned Portuguese writer who committed suicide. He writes these notes for us to remind us that life is serious, joyful, but serious. And we cannot take it for granted. We cannot treasure our lives just because we are frustrated in our expectation. So, Leon Denis, the spirit who compiles and revise this book comes to us to bring more information in this book to say the same thing, life is so precious, right? So this book is not only for people who are thinking of suicide or have loved ones who committed suicide, it's for all of us because we're talking about an immortal perspective in life. This book has more than 22 chapters and we are studying today chapter 11. Okay, we're st studying chapter 11, which is about Jerónimo Mendonça and his family again. Yes, because he was with us before in another chapter. I see beautiful friends here joining us. Carol Correa, hello, Carol. How have you been? I see Daisy, hello, Daisy. How have you been? Jailton. Hello, Jailton. Hello, Solange, Cristina. It's good to have you back. Raquel Bakeshi. Hello, Raquel. Sunshine. How have you been? Rihanna, beautiful Rihanna. How have you been there? And I see here uh, more people that I can't have access for some reason. But if you have a question, you want to ask anything or make a comment, feel free because this is a classroom for us, okay? I'm not the authority here. I'm just a facilitator. And help us as well by emphasizing the quotes of the book that we'll be studying, by writing your comments, because this only adds to our experience. If you are listening to this or watching on demand, remember you can always write here or on YouTube or on Twitter account at Kardec Radio or at kardecradio at gmail.com where we receive your messages as well. But bear with us because Kardec Radio is expanding, 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 expanding and we have a an ever-increasing team to manage 
beautiful works on the behind the scenes and always in need of a lot of help 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 it's not easy but it's beautiful and thank you for all of you who have been helping working together assisting lifting hope this book is about hope why are we incarnated why are you incarnated? Why am I incarnated? To look pretty? No. To just spend our lives here and be successful in the eyes of the people of the earth? No. We learn in this book that it's not about what people think of us or what we actually think of ourselves because the judge is within. Mm-hmm. We cannot deceive the very laws of life that are inscribed in our conscience. Question and answer 621 of the Spirit's Book by Ellen Kardec, which makes so much sense, right? To learn to do good. That's beautiful, Solange. I love your quote. Hello, Lisa Tellis. And that's why we're here, to learn to do good, right? Reincarnation, the opportunity to achieve true happiness, right? We are here to learn to do good. So let's go to the book. We are precisely on chapter 11. I have it here, my phone. Let me see if you can see. There's so much light. It's about Geronimo and his family again. Right? Geronimo was the man whom, in previous chapters, was invited to a new opportunity with his friends in this hospital, Mary of Nazareth, in the spiritual realm. But he said, no, 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 no. I want to see my family on earth. He was rebellious and he was very... He had a tantrum. They took him to the earth. He saw the mass. He left. He came back. And it's been three years. Right now we are in the, in the story where three years of that moment have passed. Now we have uh, Dr. Carlos de Canalejas inviting Camilo and friends Bilarmino, Mario Sobral, to visit Geronimo Araújo Silveira in his isolation ward. Okay, so how is he doing? You curious? The beauty of it all, I want to describe to you, is that these hospitals are unlike ours on earth, though many are improving, but they describe the structure, the architecture, and even the landscaping, and it's beautiful. And I want to highlight to you, he says that this department of isolation, this ward, it's like a section, uh, it was located on an extensive raised area. The pathways were lined with beds of lilies and white roses which seemed to be the flowers that were best adapted to that melancholic refugee, refuge. 
We had the impression that the hospital sector and security department were bucolic boroughs of a great metropolis whose size we were unable to determine. So lilies and white roses, visualize it because these flowers have therapeutic effects. It's not by chance that in Andrea Lewis books, in Yvonne Pereira's book, we have the description in many other books about these landscapes, the gardens in the spiritual realm, especially surrounding the colonies and the buildings in general, especially the hospitals in this case. So flowers, as Joana D'Angeli says, they are signatures of God, but they have therapeutic properties, as we know. They are emanations, the harmony in the disposition of the petals. I am not a painter, but I can only imagine the skills for a painter to paint a flower. It's It requires a lot of sensibility to capture the nuances, the tones, the, the, the perfection of the, the curves of the petals, the, of the different flowers. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine the high spirits putting together the the designs of these flowers in the name of God. When we read the book Evolution in Two Worlds by Andrea Lewis, there are chapters that talk about the evolution of plants. And everything begun begins in the primitive Paris spirit, in the intelligent principle connected to it, and then that mental body is expanding, imprinting itself in the in its forming Paris spirit, and then of course the physical clothing of a flower, for example, of a plant. They have their function as well. It's not to beautify simply, but as Leon Denis says in the book. Spiritism in the Arts, which is studied at Cardiac Radio at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday with Fred Govea and Josana Vaz. Beautiful study. And as we learn in that book, Leon Denis says, the beauty is the expression of the divine harmony. So we're talking about flowers being used for true therapeutics. So here's a tip for us. Sometimes we need uh, to rebalance ourselves, to refresh. Go. Go to the botanical garden to contemplate plants, flowers. Go visit a farm where they have flowers. Go, and if you can't go anywhere, and if you can, turn on your cell phone or on your computer, pictures and documentaries about flowers and gardens because that is what Kardec says the contemplation the contemplation of the beauty created by God at the beginning of the spirit's book Kardec asked where's the proof of God's existence in nature in everything that men didn't make and they say, when you contemplate it, you're closer to God. So contemplating 
nature, its beauty, and in this case, flowers, the landscapes. We can elevate ourselves. That's a good exercise. Sometimes we're so stuck in our homes, in the day-to-day -day life, in our cities, that we forget to mingle with nature. Like the, the native people in each and every nation, they were so wise to deal with nature. We need to rescue that for our own health. Okay? All right. But where is Geronimo? Geronimo! We're calling Geronimo, right? Geronimo, where are you? Oh, hold on. What's happening here? Hello, Rafael. Welcome. In fact, isolated on the other side of those high hills, and they are describing the isolation ward, were colleagues of ours whose sufferings caused by their despondency and rebelliousness were much greater than their repentance for the wrongful act they had committed in those forlorn and inconsolable hearts. Repentance was limited to the unbearable sorrow of having realized that suicide did nothing more than increase and prolong the suffering that they had deemed intolerable. One could go so far as to say that the isolation ward specialized, now let's pay attention, specialized in sentimental matters. Oh no, what is that about? Because it is known that sentimentality taken to the extreme because becomes a severe neurosis, neurosis, a mental infirmity capable of the most deplorable consequences. As a matter of fact, we encountered the most varied cases of sentimental suicides, in which the reprobate, although unbalanced, was doubtlessly stirred by a true feeling coming from the heart. Such cases ranged from the lover overcome by passion and a jealousy due to a rival's fortune, to the head of a household faced with a difficult problem, to the father who caved in to despair before the coffin of a little child who was the reason for his happiness. Invariably discontented, the patients wore the look of those that are impatient and complain about everything. Pause. Oh my gosh, this is huge. Because we're talking about emotional management. How important it is. So we want to open a parenthesis here, okay? In psychology, we have several thinkers about the understanding of the mind. But there is one in psychiatry that is a favorite in many aspects. First, because of the practicality, but also of a major reminder to us. Dr. Eric Byrne from uh, Transactional Analysis. He was very practical in understanding the structure of our 
ego states. And he says inside of us we have a parent, like the figure of authority we have introjected from this life. We have the adult, which is all about the objective part of us and the factual part of us, and the child, which is all about the feelings. And then he says that when we interact with one another, we may, we may observe which of these parts of us are mostly communicating with someone. I'll give an example. You go to work and you're late. You come in crying. Oh, I'm so afraid I'm going to be fired. And you enter crying. Which part of you is speaking here? The child. And then you come across your boss and he says, again, late again. Which part of him is speaking? The parent. It may go well if that parent is nurturing. Late again, what happened? Come here crying, something happened, and then continues that relationship. May go well or not. If that parent is critical, saying, come on, I'm going to give you one more chance, and if you don't do this, you're going to be fired. And then you go worse, to home, feeling worse, afraid, not able to do anything, etc. That's one case. Why are we saying this? Because the cases of sentimentality that they are talking about in this isolation ward that induces us to mental imbalances such as severe neurosis are, I'm not going to be simplistic, but we want to be practical here for our own sake. We're talking about the child in us, the tantrums of life. We think only children, little children, throw tantrums. But adults are even worse because when they throw tantrums, they kill themselves. And that happens. If you go to the spirit, the, the book Heaven and Hell, there is the case of a man who is engaged to somebody else. She doesn't open the door and she says, this is it. He kills himself because he cannot take it any longer. A tantrum, we're not being judgmental, but we're saying we need to strengthen this child by boosting the adult. So Eric Byrne said, at the end of the day, if we want to be strong in life, succeed in the world, we need to empower the adult in us. It's as if we're hearing Jesus, because when Jesus comes, he's all about the adult. For example, he looks at um, the people, the Pharisees who are tricking him and asking, should we pay taxes to the Romans who enslave us, who mistreat us? Like children, right? They are being childish. And Jesus turns to them. Does he reply like a child saying, no, don't pay. They don't deserve it. 
or is he the critical parent saying you are bad boys you have to pay it or nurturing oh poor you it's so unfair no none of them what does he do he then says give caesar what is caesar's and god what is god's fact he was kind he was loving a firm uniquely combina unique combination but he is the adult right so that's what eric byrne talks about to us and in this part of the book memoirs of a suicide we're talking about how this child in us needs to be less rebellious see they talk about rebelliousness here impatience complainers when we feel like a victim, whose part of us is feeling like a victim? The child. Nothing good happens to me, only to other people. Life is so unfair. Look at me, look at my problems. I try my hardest and never da da dee, da da da. That is the child in us. And you may ask, Vanessa, what do we do? According to the Christ conscious thought, Eric Byrne and others, we need to empower the adult. The adult is all about the prefrontal cortex, which is very human. We need to discern. We look at the situation like Chico Xavier, there's a prayer by, I think, Maria Dolores. I forgot the name of the prayer, was listening to it on YouTube. And it says to us that when we lose a job, Instead of complaining, we need to tell ourselves that there is a better opportunity ahead of us. And then he says several different cases, actually, Maria Dolores says, and then changes the scenario, always seeking the good. That's an exercise for us, because we see that these people who are in the isolation ward who committed suicide, they were chronic complainers. They were chronic, impatient people. They had patience about nothing. And that cost their lives, right? Melissa, you're here. So good to have you here. I love your enthusiasm, Melissa, and your smile, too. Thank you for joining us, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you, Solange. Thank you, friends. It's good to be together. And in addition to giving in to suffering without making any effort whatsoever to overcome it. So these people, they were always exaggerating, always very emotional. So we think being emotional is good. I'm sorry. Many of us come, come from Latin American countries, which are beautiful countries. But there we sometimes lack the emotional education that we need. We need to tone it down a lot. <laughs> right? A lot. We need to boost the adult and stop this 
childish behavior in which like we are very loud we are very like we we wanna we wanna be passionate and we need to control it in the spirit book by Alan Kardec there is a question that Kardec asks okay the spirits about passions and they say surprisingly passions are not bad what is bad is not to control them right we're passionate about spiritism but we have to work shower work out cook do laundry i cannot spend the whole day reading spiritist books thinking that not eating not showering not working is unimportant if you're incarnated the body is reminding you i am your first job every day and we're like what i am your first job every day you need to feed me the body's saying you need to shower me you need to exercise me or else <laughs> and the body speaks so much so that when you go to the book you can heal your life by louise hay which i recommend for self-knowledge and for care of the body and the soul at the end of this book there's a beautiful um set of a list of um illnesses symptoms and the probable causes and affirmations to shift it so it's good to coach ourselves to a better life because we are progressing we always progress we never regress said the spirits to kardec which is fantastic but we need to focus make efforts right always making efforts yes life is not going to be the way that we dream yet but the dream that we dream that match god's dream for us it blooms back to the book back to the book because these spirits are helping us thanks to these suicidal minds and their learning experiences and those who brought this to us we're stronger thanks to them we are not going to incur in that mistake so god bless them right god bless them right silvio tero right yes we can listen to cardiac radio while we work beautiful rihanna okay so in this particular section of the hospital which is the isolation ward they say that um the catholic clerics were the main part of the personnel plus the hindu psychical initiates as well it's a beautiful combination of these religious experiences and their practices to elevate it i think this book is so beautiful in that regard because it makes us embrace whom we've been for millennia i know many people when they encounter these other religions they feel like uh 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 and then spiritism comes united horses it's coming from all in the same you reincarnated 
Hindu, Buddhist, Catholic, and now you're spiritist, and everything serves a purpose. And in this hospital, Mother Mary is putting all the pieces together so beautifully. There is no prejudice anymore. Religious tolerance is just a thing. Because here it's not about tolerance. It's about fully embracing of our religious experiences. And I think this is another beautiful aspect of spiritism. It unites us all. There is no prejudice any longer. If we read this book also, and on the way to the light by Emmanuel through Chico Xavier, we put it together and we see how beautiful it is. All Andre Louis books, they talk about spiritual colonies where we have many different religions. It's not a spiritist colony. No solar is not a spiritist colony. And, and sometimes we are spiritists. We are spiritists who are filled with full of prejudices, full of prejudices, which is just deterring us for embracing our whole selves, whom we've been for millennia, right? Right? Hello, Sonia Froes. Yes, I was born in Brazil and I've been in the US and I'm American too. It's been 22 years. And who knows what else am I? Because I've lived so many lives. Uh, this life is just one more. So nationality is just a passing thing. Okay. The discipline was truly monastic. Discipline. Discipline, 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 said Emmanuel to Chico Xavier. How are you doing regarding to discipline, friends? Because as Jesus said to, to um, Nicodemus, and it's stated in the book, Good News, by Brother X through Chico Xavier, we get to know, we get to know that it's not enough to know this. We need to feel it. Where are we regarding our discipline? Because this chapter today is all about disciplining our emotions, mm? being less rebellious, mm? and, 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 you see. It was imperative to keep these eternally discontented and willful individuals away from attractions to worldly and personal passions. The impure and capricious tendencies that had been their undoing. It was incumbent upon the institution that lodged them to teach them the need for resignation in misfortune for decisive resolutions and for inalienable self-denial, thereby reconciling them with the true Christian faith which they had despised up to them. So they were always discontented and willful. Are we like this? Are we happy only and if X, Y, Z things happen, or can we find joy even in the challenging situations of life? 
after all, we have reincarnated to learn, right? And when we learn, we were tested. And when we're tested, it's not punishment, it's growth. But we need to seek the good to see how the situations will go through our opportunities for growth, right? So here we have it. They had to be away from worldly and personal passions, impure and capricious tendencies. You understand why God often keeps us away from what we think is the best for us? Sometimes you think, oh, I wish I had my whole family here with me and a party. But what for? And then you get together with the family and then you drink to death. And then you say what do you, you didn't want to say, so you better stay away. And I wish I didn't have to take medication to drink. But you're going to kill yourself by drinking that much and drinking in general. Previous chapter talked about alcoholic behavior and suicide. It's suicidal. But Vanessa, one glass suicidal anyhow it's gradual but the principle is the same it's killing cells when we kill cells we're killing ourselves in the physical body marching towards less vitality that equals to suicide i know many people are going to be like oh no don't tell me this i don't want to lose it anymore i'm going to go away i'm going to turn this off don't turn it off because we better listen to this together and be assured of this today. Then go to this spiritual hospital one day and say, oh, if I had just listened to the end, right? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, these people who are in the isolation ward were self-centered and very fanatic about their Christian tradition, but they didn't make uh, too much of it. So they have to be re-educated. Okay. They have to be re-educated. So you see that Kardec was right when he talks about education in question 685 of the Spirit's book. He's talking about the law of work. And then in his comment he says, the actual, the actual work is to acquire new habits, which is moral education. In this book, Memoirs of a Suicide, we time and again see these references, moral therapy, re-education, mental education, and that's the importance of it all to learn how to tame the wild horse of our minds so one day it becomes tamed. Hmm? You want to do it? I do too. We're going to live happier. We need to practice it. How? Prayer, study, 
meditations. Vanessa, what is meditation? I will say something that is simplistic because it's a very broad topic. But I'll say it's all about the inner, the introspection. Because when we pray, we project ourselves in communication to God. Read it in the chapter 27 of the Gospel According to Spiritism. Prayers, communication with God. When we do meditation, we're doing this inner journey to organize emotions, to make us give a refresh to the physical body because we enter the new altered state of consciousness. The brain waves change their frequency and thus induce the physical body to activate the relaxation response in the, in the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. And thus, we become more defragmented. You know, like a computer, you need to defragment your computer to operate better. Meditation is a defragmenter. We're defragmenting ourselves. How do you do it? There are 10,000 ways. But a simple one, beautiful, natural one, easy, anybody can do, even a child. How? Listen to your breathing. Listen. It's almost as if you're listening to the waves of the sea. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Two more times. One more time. Just by doing that, and you can close your eyes and do this 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, you will start feeling that you are in a different state of the mind. And you can allow the images that come to mind just to go through as a movie, feeling the protection of your guardian angel. You're safe. And you can even project if you want, affirmations, repeating to yourself inside of your mind, I'm a child of God. Or like Thich Nhat Hanh, you breathe in and you say an affirmation. I breathe in and you think, I breathe in and I feel refreshed. Breathing out, I let go of worries. Sometimes doing this for five, ten minutes a day may be enough for us to really get out of this busyness of life and work on our self-administration, which is multidimensional. We're spirits enveloped by the spiritual body, connected to this physical body. We need to take care of this physical body. 
we need to take care of our spiritual body and ourselves. It's a lot of work. I agree. But God believes in you. Why wouldn't you? God believes in you. Why don't you join God and believe in you too? Right? Right? Yes, Rihanna is saying this is loving reminders of God to progress starts with working on yourself first, eating, drinking, thinking, speaking, emotions, etc. Thank you, Rihanna, for summarizing it as a reminder for us. Now, there's a beautiful thing because the director of this ward is Father Miguel de Santarém. He kindly smiling said, to Camilo and friends, you did well in coming here, my sons. I'm very thankful for your caring interest in a fellow brother in such need of comfort. To visit the sick, to encourage with one's consoling presence, a poor patient disheartened by the anguish of implacable remorse is a meritorious deed sanctioned by the divine model the friend of the needy and destitute. So you see the importance of visiting the sick friends? Okay, we need to write it down. That's a practice too. We can't spend the day just thinking about ourselves. Forget about you sometimes. Forget about your lipstick. Forget about your outfit, your high heels, your wallet and go no no take your wallet because you need your driver's license to drive the car or you need your wallet to pay the cab so anyhow forget about the little things but go visit friends or people who are sick they observe when they enter that geronimo is different yes Geronimo, Geronimo is significantly changed after three years. He was serene, with manners touched, with a charming dignity that we had not seen before. As a sort of monastic boarding school, we concluded that the isolation ward, headed by virtuous spirits of former priests, obviously had the ad additional mission of raising the level of the patient's social manners. Oh, my Lord, how we love this part. We need a course in social manners, urgently on earth, especially to many leaders of the earth, but to all of us. You've never heard of Jesus being rude and despotic and demanding. He was so gentle and kind and yet firm, polite, respectful. And our children, let's learn it again or learn it at once and share with our children. If you go to Amazon.com, or YouTube, you're going to find several videos for kids reminding about social manners. It's about social intelligence, the law of society. We need to study how to be better at 
approaching people. I'm not a master. I agree. And that's why I keep studying it to see if I also can improve myself. But we need to learn our ways in relationships. Be gentle. Be serene. So he's going to talk here about tone of voice. Even his tone of voice changed. Even the tone of voice changed. And he was humbler. And he talks about how he was feeling. Geronimo was different. And he says to us something that is amazing. Guided by Brother Santardem's fertile exhortations, I have learned to pray. Teaching people to pray. People don't know. So look at this. If we go to the gospel according to spiritism, because we're talking about prayer today. That's our main highlight. 10,000 highlights, but there is a main one that the good spirits want us to focus upon. It's about prayer, right? And in the chapter 27, ask and you shall receive of the gospel according to spiritism, right? It talks to us about the fact that prayer is about three factors. Asking God for things, being grateful to God, and worshiping God, praising God. We need to study it to make our prayers ever more meaningful for us. Because mm -hmm. we in spiritism, we reason our faith. It's not blind. And he says that he learned it. And that made a difference. You will cry to hear what happened to him. Remember, Jerónimo failed. He was bankrupt. He was a businessman, successful one. He had four children, a son and three daughters, and a wife that he loved. But his love for them was not sublimated. And when he was went bankrupt, he couldn't take the pain. He killed himself. One day, revisiting everything and learning about it, he prayed. And prayer has become an indispensable resource for my poor soul. My ardent pleas to Mary, our mother and guide, have given me the peace of mind I needed to gather my despair smitten thoughts and focus them on thinking rightly which proved to be the golden key to the solution to so many problems that I used to consider unsolvable. So then he keeps talking about it. And they say, the tone of voice of Geronimo was so lively and suggestive as he described the events. So fervent were the feelings caused by the vibrations with which the, he expressed the subletis of his memories that we felt as if we were relieving with him what he was narrating. And then one afternoon, I was almost completely alone and sad as I wandered the melancholy, the melancholy paths of the immense park that you can see from here. 
the touching hour of the Angelus was at hand. You know what the hour of Angelus is? 6 p.m. And it's about praying to Mother Mary. It, it's not a ritual. It's a real thing on earth, even in the spiritual realm. So mark it down 6 p.m. and say your prayers. The religious unction subtly penetrated the folds of my being and my thought went up to Mary, the blessed mother of sinners and afflicted. You all know that the hour of salutation to Mary is faithfully observed by her legionaries and honored with sincere displays of gratitude in this colony, which was built, has grown, and has produced excellent fruits of love and charity. I sat down on the grass and decided to join in thought. With my heart palpitating with faith, I waited for the solemn moment of prayer, which was soon announced by the sweet melodies that are amplified from the temple to reach the farthest corners of the colony, echoes of the vibrations of its most important directors as they commune with the higher realms to continue using the terms of the mentors of this world. I prayed as I had never prayed before. I begged the loving mother of our Redeemer for assistance and mercy for my children for her to intercede with Jesus our Lord to help the children I had abandoned to the inclemency of diversity. And then he keeps talking about all of his children. I cried out for Mary to intervene in the anguishing situation of both children. Father Ambrosio, the assistance in charge of collecting all of us at the end of the day, found me awash in tears. I once more described my misfortune to him and also told him about my plea to Mary. He comforted me tenderly and said, you must persevere in those pleas, my dear Geronimo. Do it cheerfully and with courage. Aha, a different way of praying, huh? With cheer, and courage. Raise the level of your vibrations as high as possible so that your righteous requests can reverber reverberate harmoniously the higher layers of the astral plane where radiating flowers of assistance and blessings. The loving charity of the gentle guardian of our legion thrives. I also suggest that you pray together with other spirits, uniting your thoughts with other thoughts, so that your still feeble energies may be revitalized in the warmth of others. Your prayers are extremely important, a true message directed to Mary. I will talk to our kind counselor about this. Pause. Who is praying? A former suicide spirit. And this assistant, who is in charge of also helping his rehabilitation, says, keep praying. 
your prayer will be heard. Do you understand this, friends? How often I hear people saying, my prayers don't deserve to be heard because who am I? Who are you? I will reply. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You reincarnated to learn to do good. Right? We need to understand that for God, we're important. We are important. Nobody is going to be left unimportant. Your prayers are important. But let's pray with cheerfulness and courage. Right? He was praying that his family be helped. And he's saying, I owe it to my family. So, in fact, now, do you think Mother Mary is going to listen to his prayer? Now, the beauty of today's study. In fact, Brother Miguel de Santarém paid me a visit the very next day to invite me to take part in his private meetings with a few others so that fraternally united we could ask for the favors I desired concerning the circumstances that afflicted me the most. So many people want to put together spiritist centers, but you know what? Don't worry about the ins and outs of the administration, wherever you are. You don't worry about it. Some people say, oh, I wish I had a spiritist center near me. You know what you do? Start organically. Don't worry about officializing anything. Do the good. The name, the paperwork really doesn't matter. What is important is that you get together and pray with one another. Read a message and pray together. You can do it in your house. I started 22 years ago in my house in Baltimore. And I'm in my house here now. We're together. You are in your house. Why can't we do this with other people? What are we waiting for? <clears throat> and that's what we did. They prayed. A few days had passed when I was asked to go see the director of the isolation ward. I was troubled and emotional as I presented myself because for many years I had been used to seeing only sorrows around me. The director, however, immediately put me at ease by handing me a small, visualize it, a small scroll, a sort of papyrus made of rays of layering light while he told me what had happened. Give thanks to the Lord of all goodness and mercy, dear Geronimo. Your prayers to Mary have been answered. In light of the eternal and incorruptible divine laws, here's the response of our dear lady and guardian, who in the name of her august son has granted the intervention you asked for. For the, from the temple where the leaders of our colony meet, 
and where orders from the highest realms are delivered, we have received these instructions, a sort of a schedule to be followed on behalf of your children. With Brother Teocritus' permission, we can start today. Jerónimo was stunned with the unexpected news. I didn't know what to say. I allowed my joyful soul to express. I held the luminous papyrus, turning it over and over, but not daring to open it. The director himself, with his usual kindness, came to my rescue and carefully opened it. It was comprised of four pages that twinkled like stars in his hands, bluish characters, as if threads of blue firmament had been used by the temple initiates to transmit the sublime inspirations they had received on behalf of sufferers, translated the orders that the magnanimous lady had sent on my behalf. And there were the dispositions of Mother Mary. Tomorrow, I tell you, what she proposes but today what is most amazing for us and very therapeutic is that a prayer of a suicide is listened by the highest loving hearts of our planet mother mary why wouldn't yours be listened why wouldn't ours so while we're exercising the next 24 hours is to pray cheerfully and with courage. Okay? In the next 24 hours, let us do this exercise. Pray with conviction, cheerfully and courageously, certain that we'll be listened. Shall we? And now we're going to pray together to wrap up the program. Shall we, friends? Yes, this is so beautiful. Deep message. Yes, Melissa. Pray cheerfully and with courage. Right, Rosaline Rosa? Right, Carol Correa. That's the beauty of today's message. Why wouldn't your prayers, my prayers, be lessened? But you need to be convicted about it. Be convinced about it and put your heart because courage is about putting the heart into it the joy of living it's like the heart and the blood all into it shall we let us pray because now it's service time for us you and i will join forces to pray for the suicides anywhere they are in the world, especially for those who are struggling the most. We don't know. We just know, Mother Mary, we're joining forces with you. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. That's all it is. Let's go. Dear Mother Mary, 
were yet to be able to visualize you in the greatness of your compassion towards all of us. The afflicted and the suffering ones all over the world. Thankful to Camilo, Ivone Pereira, Dion Denis, and many others. We understand a little more today of the plans of on high on earth. And we unite our forces here with you. Wishing that your blue healing blanket covers in warmth and relief the suicides around the world. Forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. And we visualize your legion of faithful servants rescuing them to bring them to a new beginning. And we pray for their families and for the consequences, the impact of such decisions in their lives. And may also those who are right now thinking of quitting this life, be enveloped by your healing blanket of blue light. Feel your loving embrace and your voice saying, This shall pass, my dear child. This shall pass, my dear child. This shall pass, my dear child. Thank you, Mother Mary, for the therapy of your love, for the much that we are yet to understand and even to do. Thank you for your invitation. Once again, thank you for the invitation to join forces with you wherever you are, and so be it. Thank you, friends. Until tomorrow, God willing, with one more lifting hope, here at Kardec Radio, always nourishing our souls. A big hug to you. Until tomorrow, God willing. Thank you, sunshine.